0: Hello and happy Monday. This is Rob McDougall from Zang Financial with your weekly economic update. Today is Tuesday, May 30th, 2023. So before we hit some of the economic data that was released last week, we'll just give you an update of something we brought to your attention last week, and I'm sure you've seen all over the news, and that is the debt ceiling negotiations going on between the House, leader, and the White House. So over the weekend, there was a tentative agreement reached And as of this taping on Tuesday, um, the expectation is it will be voted on by the Senate uh, later this week, Friday, maybe into the weekend. The House will vote on it on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. So uh, I'll tell you a few things about it, some of the key facts in it, but I will also say that um, there is a fair chance, a non-zero chance that it doesn't happen in that there are many within the Republican Party not happy with the deal the way it's crafted currently. So, given that, I'll just tell you some of the major provisions that uh, were in the agreement reached just this weekend. Uh, For one, there's no debt ceiling now. They'll suspend it until January of 2025. Non-military spending, they're going to freeze for next year at this year's level. When the negotiations start, uh, the expectation or the desire from the Republicans was to get that set back to 2022. So that's not going to happen. Um, going forward, military spending, though, a 3% increase. And here's one all of us will appreciate if it happens. Uh, they have agreed to cut up to $21.4 billion of IRS additional spending, which was, of course, to go for enforcement efforts. A couple other things. Uh, there's going to be a clawback of $30 billion, $30 billion on COVID relief that has been unspent, And they're also going to tighten up some work rules uh, for those that receive federal aid. So as of today, Tuesday, the deal uh, looks like it's on, will be voted on tomorrow, could not happen, could happen. Uh, Definitely today, the equity markets, at least the growth side, is rallying. And on the fixed income side, uh, we're also seeing that as well. We're seeing yields come down after being elevated last week. So let's talk about the economic data that we saw last week. We had uh, four uh, economic indicators that we deem important. Uh, we had new home sales last week on Tuesday. Now we've talked about home sales. We've talked about the real estate complex. That's been the area most hard hit by all of the Fed rate increases over the year plus. New home sales actually came in 23,000 above consensus on Tuesday. So that's a positive data point. In fact, What we're going through right here, talking about these data points, kind of confirms what we've been saying, that the economy is surprisingly strong, and unfortunately, probably too strong to allow the Federal Reserve to stop uh, tightening. We'll hit that in a slide or two. First, we'll go through these other economic data points. On Friday, we had personal income, we had personal spending, and inflation data. So uh, personal income came in at consensus. It was a positive 0.4% month over month, but personal spending came in hotter than expected. So it's good for GDP, but not so good for inflation or for rate hike expectations. So came in at 0.8, the consensus was 0.4. Uh, so also we had, uh, we had inflation information that was slightly disappointing as well. We had PCE and PCE core Uh, Both of those came in at 0.4% month over month, and the consensus expectation was 0.3% month over month. So the takeaway from last week, housing doing a little better than expected. Um, The personal income was in line, personal spending high, and prices didn't come down quite as much as we had hoped. So the economy is actually doing fairly well. And um, the interesting thing for us is that each week we often bring to your attention the Atlanta Federal Reserve and what their expectations are for any given quarter for GDP growth. Now last quarter GDP rose 1.3%, it's been adjusted up from the original 1.1, but 1.3%, fourth quarter last year 2.6%, so it's pretty steady, pretty solid rate of growth between those two quarters. Well the Atlanta Federal Reserve before at the beginning of last week had expected GDP in the second quarter to be a positive 2.7 They've taken that expectation down to 1.7% just last week. Uh, They mentioned a few factors, but surprisingly, the one factor they mentioned uh, was housing, which to us looks like it's bottoming out and kind of moving in the positive direction. So uh, what does us all do for Fed fund rate increases? The next Fed meeting is in two weeks. Uh, They will have a rate decision on June 14th. So, when we looked at these probabilities just a month ago, the probability was largely that there would be no increase and maybe a 25% chance they would do a rate cut, 25 basis points. Completely reversed now. And in fact, the expectation is uh, 63% that we're going to get another 25 basis point increase and only a 37% chance that they remain unchanged. I think from everything we've seen in the economic data as of today, debt ceiling stuff aside, it would be a little surprising if they didn't take one more rate increase, another 25 basis points. Now, we like to take a look at what the expectations are from now to the end of the year. So we look at the December Fed Fund's future market. That has completely changed as well. And the expectation for rate cuts, which was so pronounced just a month ago, It's still there. It's still counter to what the Fed's saying, but not nearly as strongly. So, for instance, uh, there is now a 44% chance of at least one rate of cut by the end of the year from where we're currently at, which is 500 to 525 basis points. The week before, that was 75%, or it was 87%. And the odds of a 75 basis point increase, which was a complete lock just a few months ago, that fell from... 14% 14% last week, down to 1.7%. So expectations are definitely being raised up by the marketplace. The Federal Reserve has been pretty consistent in saying they're not necessarily done tightening. So our view, they're going to do at least one more rate tightening and then probably sit back and watch and see how that impacts the economy. So inflation expectations, we often show you this, a 10-year break even, flat, uh, really week over week. So nothing to talk about there. But The absolute rate is extremely low, expectation of 2.24% inflation over the next 10 years. So uh, to wrap that up from last week, uh, what happened in the markets after all that economic data? U.S. equities, they were mixed. Uh, Mega cap growth, though, that was strong again. That has been the story this year. So in the U.S., uh, growth last week was up 1.3% and value down 1.2%. Again, year-to-date, that has been the case. So large cap continues its year-to-date uh, outperformance. And last week as well, large cap outperformed small cap. Uh, large cap was up 68 basis points. Small cap down 34 basis points. On the international side, uh, although the U.S. equities were mixed, S&Ps a little bit over flat, uh, international equities got hit last week, uh, MSCI, all-world, XUS. That was down about 2.5%. So, US fared much better than international last week. Lastly, uh, fixed income here in the US fell significantly last week. There were all kinds of concerns over what's going to happen with the debt ceiling and June 1st or June 5th, these red line dates. So, as a result, the two year yield increased 29 basis points last year, the 10 year increased 11 basis points. So, last week, the Bloomberg US bond, U.S. bond aggregate index that we follow uh, was down almost 70 basis points. And now for the year, it's still up, but not much. It's up 1.2 percent. So we'll finish up by discussing what we have coming up this week. We have uh, four economic indicators, one that occurred today, consumer confidence. uh, That is the government's uh, measure, not the University of Michigan the expectation is that it was going to be pretty close to what it was uh, for the month of March, which is 101.3, uh, the consensus, the uh, briefing.com that we use, closer to 100. So expected to be down slightly, but roughly flat year over year. One that I think is most uh, interesting this week is on Thursday, ISM manufacturing. So the ISM manufacturing, we talk about it a lot is scaled at 50. So if it's under 50, it means the manufacturing economy is contracting over 50 expansion. It's been under for six consecutive months. And the expectation is it's going to come in at 47.1, exactly where we were in April. So this will be the May reading, expectation 47.1. Manufacturing has been weak for quite some time. We haven't seen it hit the GDP numbers yet. Services continued really strong. But we would really love to see that approach and exceed 50 here uh, by the end of the year. Lastly, on Friday, non-farm payrolls. We'll see the jobs number. That's been trending down, but still almost every month this uh, outperforms expectations. So the consensus for uh, the month of May is the addition of 190,000 jobs. The month of April, we added 253. So last uh, data point is average hourly earnings and why that's important. Watching that is, of course, inflation. And so this should, if it comes in where it's expected, positive 0.3, that would be favorable because that would be down uh, from the positive 0.5% month over month that we saw in April. So again, the consensus, average hourly earnings, positive 0.3% month over month for May. Well, that's it for us today uh, on the Economic Update. Thank you very much for attending. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you.